Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Swim, good morning, this, Eagle Eyes on Tech, I'm Eagle Falcon. We got quite a bit to talk about today. But first things first, we need to talk about yet another database breach. This one is a bit odd, but it's serious in unique ways. There is a breach of a database of SMS texts from a from a server belonging to Voxox. Vozox? V-O-X-O-X. However you want to pronounce it. I'm not going to lie, when I first brought up the story to talk about I thought it was just going to be a, oh, whatever. But, you know, digging more into it, this actually does have some serious implications. The database breach was specifically regarding text messages being sent out. And at first, you might not think too much about that. Oh, text messages being sent out. Whoop-dee-doo. You can find out what machines have been sending out. Who cares? Anyone using two-factor authentication cares. Two-factor authentication means that after you enter a password, a server sends a text message to your phone with a code that you can then put in to be your second factor of authentication. So, say if some unsuspecting listener finds out that my password to control everything Eagle Eyes on Tech is actually one, two, three, four, five, which oddly enough is also the same combination of my luggage. Hmm. Weird. But then they'd be aw dang. Now I can't get now I can't get in because I needed the text number. Well, if they had access to this breach, they would get the text that would be sent to my phone saying what the text is, what that code is, and then all of a sudden, bam, that malicious user now has access to everything Eagle Eyes on Tech. Now, fortunately in that scenario, my service that hosts my podcast wasn't affected. Several other ones were, such as Booking.com Partners, the first, the first tech federal credit union was also affected by this. Certain Amazon services were affected by this. Kakao Talk, Viber, and the HQ Trivia app were affected. And certain Microsoft accounts were also affected by this. Now, oh, and Yahoo. Because, of course, Yahoo is like the punching bag for all breaches. Now, this has already been patched. If not, it's going to be soon. And 
let's be real honest. This is a sort of vulnerability that was only good during the time of the leak. This wasn't a sort of leak, like Unjust Banana in the chat tried to imply, that every single secure message you ever sent to someone else was revealed. That's not the case. That data is actually stored on your phone. Unless you use something like Apple's Messenger service. Then that's, then that's stored on a remote server. This specifically is only revealing text messages from these sort of texting servers, these sort of machines that do two-factor authentication or do confirmation texts to users. No one's personal information was leaked. As far as we know, anyway. For the mo- It just seems to be just two-factor authentication vulnerabilities. So, although it's good to know what what happened out there, I mean, we all want to know why these sort of things happen, and it's also good to learn from them. It is kind of annoying to know now that two-factor authentication is not the end-all, be-all. But it is close to it, which is good. Alright, I want to talk about something I already talked about on a early burb briefing. But it deserves to be talked about again to a new audience. Apple has confirmed its T2 security chip, which was originally put in to make sure that no one could steal data off your device, has another ability. The special ability of... Bricking your device if it detects third-party parts inside the computer. Oh, wonderful. I can't even begin to talk about how much this annoys me. How much over and over and over again I look back at my previous job of going through and actually refurbishing computers and how much this would tick me off. The amount of nonsense Apple goes through to make computers as unrepairable as possible. It is a practice that I wish would die off. And now, to make things even worse... They make it so that if you decide to go the better route of using better parts than Apple has, which most of the time the parts you're using are better. Oops, the device the device bricks. And before anyone starts going, oh, well, you should just go to an authorized Apple writer anyway, they're better at it. First off, Apple authorized service providers have to wait weeks to get the parts through the official channels because they aren't allowed to keep parts in stock. 
Even though I'm out of the business of refurbishing computers, I still have plenty of parts sitting in my server room. Power supplies to no end. Spare RAM cards, spare video cards. None of which I could use inside a Mac. Of which I think, the, no, actually none of it's now compatible anyway because Apple now solders everything to the board. You know, just to make sure that when something breaks, there's a 0% chance you can fix it and a 0% chance you're going to get your data off it. I can't stress enough how much of a terrible practice this is. And let me tell you something. Every single time that I hear any Apple fanboys claim that they have better quality, they are more fit for professional use, that they are a better product altogether, They are no longer going to be misinformed users. Because by the time I am now done with them, they're, the only excuse for using it is either, well, I have it anyway, so I might as well use it till it dies, or denial. This is not okay. It is not okay to put in a sub-quality screen and when it dies, to have to wait several weeks for a part to come in. It is not okay for one RAM chip to die, the entire thing to write garbage to the SSD and require a new motherboard as a result. And it's not even okay for someone who knows how to solder now being denied the ability to actually try the repairs themselves because if they do, this T2 chip is going to brick the device. I'm sorry, but this isn't okay. Unjust in the in the chat says the basic iPad lacks a meaningful competing device. It may be worth buying. I will agree there. It is hard to find a tablet right now that can be as good a tablet as the iPad. But I also say say that as someone who hasn't had a chance to really look at what the Android tablets are like or what the modern Windows tablets are like. And also kind of looking at, you know, things like the Surface. And they're just miles more expensive than the iPad. And the reason we're also talking about the iPad is because the app, that, or the app, the webpage I've got right now from The Verge that talks about the T2 security chip has an animated GIF from Jerry Rig. From, um, I'm sorry, the, the YouTube channel Jerry Rig Everything with him doing a bend test on the new iPad Pro, and it's just snapping in half. And honestly, that's one story I'm not even going to bother covering. 
Actually, no. Well, we're on it now. Let me talk about it quick. Yes, the new iPad Pro, which is thinner and lighter, bends in half if you try to bend it. Surprise! But who cares? It's not going to be in your pocket. You're not going to subject it to any sort of excessive bending unless you're jerry-rig everything and want to do excessive stress tests to devices. All it means is that, hey, if you're going to questionable construction sites with your iPad Pro, put a case on it. Which, spoiler alert, even since the dawn of the first iPad, you've been putting a Pelican case on it. Just for this reason. Now it's even more fragile. Whoop-dee-doo. It's a tablet, not a phone. Alright, at least an app... Oh, wait, no, there's one other thing I actually want to talk about before I move on to the next uh, piece of Apple information. Um, Apple also working with Amazon. I actually don't have the story in front of me, but I did talk about it in early bird briefing. Amazon going out of its way to work with Apple so that Amazon's allowed to sell current-gen refurbished products. But as part of that contract, Amazon is forced to not allow any Apple refurbished devices that are not certified Apple refurbished. I'm sorry, but that's unacceptable. That is literally, underline literally, trying to take jobs away. That That's, no, why? Death Bunk of the chat says capitalist, capitalism at its finest. Except this literally is not capitalism! This is the exact opposite. You are hindering actual capitalism. Capitalism is built on the free market, and this sort of agreement literally, underlined literally, is stifling the free market. And you know what the best part is? People have actually taken apart Apple certified devices and instead of actually repairing known flawed chips, these certified Apple refurbishers or even Apple themselves do things like glue a piece of rubber onto the chip so that the bottom of the case forces it into place instead of actually soldering it into place properly or multiple Underline multiple logic boards coming out of being resoldered, and they have a tan from being under the heating element too long. That's not okay! That is literally not okay! Especially when a small time vendor could go and do the job better! You can try and make the argument like <laughs> like people are jokingly making in the chat right now that, oh, that's the, that's the capitalism for you. No, it's not. It literally is not. And I have no idea how something like this is allowed by the FTC. I literally don't. And granted, 
I say I say that I don't know how it's allowed, but at the same time, the speed of government is super slow. So maybe we will see action taken by the FTC, because this literally is not okay. <laughs> or you know, maybe it's just time to say hey. Maybe Amazon isn't the best place to find, you know, good refurbished products. I mean, as upset as I am over this, and the main reason I am upset about this, is because for five years I was a computer refurbisher. For five years, I pick up off-lease devices, refurbish them, and flip them for a profit. And I really shouldn't be angry about this because I never sold any of my stuff on Amazon. It was never worth it. It was always either on eBay or on my own website. Or in person through Craigslist. Many a deal was made at McDonald's. Many a deal. (sighs) Hopefully... Places like eBay will not be doing the same. I strongly encourage anyone who is thinking about doing a deal like this, like Amazon just did, don't. Or, you know, honestly, better yet, just don't buy Macs. Literally, the entire modern lineup is just awful. With possibly the only exception being the iPad. He says, with the looping gif of the iPad Pro being bent in half, still being played. (laughs) Okay, now we're going to move on to at least some good stuff from Apple. But also some bad stuff. Apple has agreed to put the iPhone X under a free repair program for replacing unresponsive touchscreens. I have a question. Um, the phone is a year old. How long have people had iPhone 10s with unresponsive touchscreens? Also, this now means we have, what? Four years in a row of defective iPhones? I shouldn't say defective iPhones, but common defects in iPhones? Popping chips in the iPhone 6, popping chips in the iPhone 6S, the iPhone 7, the iPhone 8, both have had failing sound cards, and the iPhone 10 has a failing touchscreen receptor. Uh. Wow. Look, I I once again have to say I don't want to bash on Apple. But my god, it is hard for me not to bash on Apple when they continue Time and time and time and time again to keep putting out 
terrible fall, terrible devices that are just not working. And so far, more and more, the only people who are smart to buy anything Apple were the people who bought iPads. Unjust in the ba- unjust banana in the chat makes the joke how um, terrorists were using the Galaxy Note, referencing the Galaxy Note Seven bursting into flame. Now, at least in Samsung's defense, they tackled that right away. They really, really tackled that right away. And although they tried to fix it, eventually just gave up and just like, nah, this ain't worth it. Although, funny enough, you mentioned that. (laughs) Because there is an iPhone X that also burst into flames. After upgrading to iOS 12.1. Whoops. Okay, so an iPhone... So far, we only know of one phone that's done this. So, realistically, this isn't really news. One iPhone bursts into flames and explodes after downloading an update. Who knows what could have happened? It could have been a faulty power supply. It could have been a minor defect in that particular phone. It could have been the phone was jailbroken and the firmware was tweaked with to pump in more power into the battery than it should have. It could have been a lot of things. The reason I wanted to bring this up was because of Apple's public response to this device is absolutely hilarious. Their response publicly on Twitter was, that is definitely not expected behavior. No crud! Did you know that an iPhone bursting into flame is not expected behavior? (laughs) I, I will at least give you some credit, Apple. After trying to kill free trade, being an absolute jerk to the industry that I was a part of, and continuing time and time and time again to put out subpar products and try to perf- per- and try to claim that we are the best tech company in the world i definitely needed you to end my week by saying exploding iphone is not expected behavior i did need that all right speaking of really sad stories windows 10 october's October 2018 update is finally rolling out in mid-November. So huzzah, huzzah, you too can enjoy such unique features as being able to control your phone remotely through your desktop, which actually might be interesting. Granted, that is only on Android devices, if I'm not mistaken. I do not believe that works on iOS devices, and it probably will not work on Windows Phone devices because they don't exist. Uh, 
There's a bunch of other features. I cannot remember what they all are. Not gonna lie. One of the features, though, is support for ray tracing. Real-time ray tracing. There's just one problem with real-time ray tracing. Real-time ray tracing cuts your frame rates in half. I am dead serious. On max settings with the new Battlefield 5, where you were able to get a 180 frames FPS, you could only get about 60 with RTX levels. Wait, I'm sorry, with RTX enabled. Derp. That's, uh... Really? And that's with an RTX 2080 Ti. That is with the highest end GeForce ray tracing card there is. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not impressed... Uh, But at least we did find out what was going on with the NVIDIA RTX 2080 Ti. There were reports, we were talking about them last week, I believe, about certain RTX 2080s having overheating issues that were being suspected by the VRMs. NVIDIA has come out to say that it only affects an early card batch of the RTX cards and does not affect current ones. And as far as the rest of the world can tell, it turns out NVIDIA is telling the truth. No one can find any sort of proof that there is something other than what they're saying. No, t- no RTX cards have killed themselves, but um, you probably should get that card you bought early in and replaced under a warranty. Although, let me tell you this. What have I been saying from the get-go about these RTX cards? Don't do it. Do not buy first-gen hardware. Well, look how right I was. Because not only did you pay so much for a solution that barely works, and in fact, causes your frame rate to suffer rather than improve, on top of costing twice as much as the old cards did, you know, it, it kind of looks like uh, the people who bought RTX cards uh, might have overpaid just a little bit. That's not good. AMD, when asked them as far as when they plan on doing any sort of ray tracing card on their own, well, their answer was... When ray tracing is available on low-end GPUs, too. 
So AMD is going to opt out of the early ray tracing game, which unfortunately means NVIDIA is going to be allowed to just kind of sell RTX cards however they want for whatever price they want. Because even if AMD starts putting out cards that compete on a non-ray tracing level with the RTX cards, NVIDIA is still going to charge a lot saying, hey, we have ray tracing and they don't. Our cards make it look so much prettier with ray tracing. All hail the ray tracing. And the good question is, how can we survive without ray tracing? I think we'll somehow manage not being surviving without ray tracing. I don't know how we're going to survive, though, with an E3 without Sony, though. But we're going to have to try and figure that out. E3, which is the, what is the, what does the three E stand for? The Entertainment, Electronic Entertainment Expo, I think is what E3 stands for. It doesn't matter. It's basically the biggest gaming convention for video gaming, that is, where every single developer shows up, announces what they plan on releasing in four years, and it's a big show, and... Every gamer in the world watches it at the same time and then declare who won, Microsoft or Sony. Well, um, guess what? Uh, this year, th- this this upcoming year, 2019, uh, Microsoft already won. Because Sony's not going to be there. Oh, I'm sorry, Unjust Banner corrected me. Bethesda wins. Because Bethesda always also has a big presence there as well. That's still weird, though, because... Okay, so Nintendo has also been there recently. But, I mean, Nintendo's always just kind of felt like doing their own thing. I mean, for crying out loud, Nintendo's recent pitch at a at a home console was this tablet right here. Which, actually, I'm not going to lie, after getting a controller for it that I actually like, I am really starting to like my Switch a lot more. Like, a lot, lot more. It's my new friend. Never leave me. I mean, uh, what? (laughs) Still, it's going to be weird. It's going to be really, really weird not seeing Sony there. Because it's going to be Microsoft going there saying, exclusive, exclusive, world premiere, exclusive, world premiere, exclusive, exclusive. While also not announcing anything exclusive. Then, what's Bethesda going to announce next year? Give us ten more frames of whatever Elder Scrolls Six is going to look like? Wee! Who cares? Actually, what Bethesda's is going to be is a sincere apologize that Fallout 76 was even more of an unmitigated disaster than we than any of us suspected. Talk about a game that was not ready for launch. Oof. We'll talk more about that later, though. Oh, yeah, isn't there also Devolver? Devolver's there, too. I never get a chance to watch Devolver's 
press conference. I'm terrible at watching E3. Then there's Square Enix, who has no idea how to present anything. But in any case, Xbox has announced a whole bunch of stuff at XO18. But uh, let's just cut to the short case. Um, The only thing that really matters is the fact that... Yeah... They're gonna ha- there's going to be keyboard and mouse support. I could go over the rest of it, but it's all just kind of minor stuff. Xbox kind of just has this ability to just take every single minor thing they're going to announce and make it seem like a much bigger deal than it actually is. Like the Xbox is going to say, hey, hey, we put a brand new music player into the Xbox and they will spend an hour bragging about how awesome this music player is going to be and you're going to go, that's nice. And then just, you know, fire up something on your phone and just not care. Uh, let's talk Let's talk about more, more things. Here we've got rumors that the Samsung's foldable smartphone that... After seeing demonstrations of it and finding out that there's going to be native support for it built into Android and has me super excited for a device that can be both a phone and a tablet. Oh my god, I now actually want these. And now I don't because rumors say that it's going to cost $1,700. Ah! Why? Why are phones costing as much as a used car? I'm not even exaggerating when I say this phone, if this price is correct, will actually cost more than my car. And my car is not that bad. Just just let that sink in for a second. Seventeen hundred dollars for a phone. Look, as much as I'm really starting to like the idea of a foldable smartphone, being able to just whip out a smartphone and have it unfold into a tablet, you know, for that kind of money, I'll go just buy a phone. Like a OnePlus, like a OnePlus, uh, what's the new one? Whatever the newest OnePlus phone is that's like 500 bucks and is like as good as a flagship phone. I'll just get that and then with the extra money go find a $200 tablet and just be happy forever. Unjust Man in the chat says 1000 is too much. I agree there as well. Unfortunately, this is once again another area where Apple's just like, well, we made a $1,000 phone, and we have enough stupid fanboys who bought it. So now everyone's selling a $1,000 phone, because Apple got away with it, and here we are. Uh. (laughs) Oh. 
just going to find out a way to just make calls on a laptop. I'm just going to carry a laptop with me in my pocket. Alright, so earlier I was I was talking about Fallout 76. Let's actually go into more details. Fallout 76 is in such a bad condition right now that when it launches, which is actually past tense, it's already launched, its day one patch size is going to be 54 gigabytes. Which is bigger than the game itself. Here's a pro tip. If your patch file is bigger than the game, something's wrong. Something is seriously wrong. Because let that sink in. Your patch file, the compressed files you need to fix your bugs, is bigger than the uncompressed game. And keep in mind, it is bigger than the uncompressed game after it's patched. Yeah. The patch file is bigger than the game after the patching is done. Wow. Like, already, I am not a fan of day one patches. Day one patches annoy me to no end. I am so sick and tired of putting in a brand new game, even on my Switch, when I put in a brand new game, cartridge and everything, and go, all right, here we go, and I gotta wait an hour for something to download. So, stream, how do we kill an hour while we wait for this game to patch? Yeah. I will say, though, I did actually plan ahead yesterday when I bought the new Pokemon game. I did try to install it and then patch it. I was actually stunned when it didn't download anything. That blew me away. Oh yeah, um, one last problem with Fallout 76 before we move away from it completely. Um, 76 bla- the Fallout 76 beta players are finding out they can't uninstall the game through the install the uninstaller. <laughs> oh my god. I know Bethesda is a developer that is infamous for making buggy games. But I think it's fair to say Bethesda has officially out bethesda Bethesda. I'd say it's official. Who else agrees? Yeah. This, this is super bad. You can still uninstall it the old-fashioned way through Windows. You also could just go through and delete the files, though that's not recommended because that's not going to do anything with the registry files. But there are ways to get it off, just none of them are clean. Alright. 
Here's a weird story that I hope Polygon is wrong about. The U.S. Army wants to attract more soldiers by fielding a Fortnite team. What? I'm sorry, what? In an attempt to better connect with Americans' youth, I'm sorry, America's youth, the U.S. Army is sta- is standing up an esports team. The effort comes during a period which the Army is having a having difficulty meeting its recruitment targets. As first reported by Stars and Stripes, an independent news organization which operates from within the Department of Defense, and Ar- the Army esports team is currently accepting applications from the active duty personnel. Reservists and veterans. An online form indicates that there is, a, there is an interest in fielding teams for Fortnite, Call of Duty, Tekken, League of Legends, PUBG, Overwatch, FIFA, and the Madden series. In addition to NBA 2K franchises. That is directly from Polygon. I I guess if it works I give up I give up Fine, you win All of gaming is now Fortnite And there's nothing I can do to stop it (sighs) No matter how hard I try No matter how much I want to believe That every other gaming genre can survive I think we all have to just accept it all of the forms of gameplay is inferior to Fortnite and just forever and ever I'm gonna hear it over and over again hey Eagle why aren't you playing Fortnite why are you playing those silly trivia games instead of playing Fortnite Why are you playing Pokemon instead of Fortnite? (sighs) In all seriousness, though, I cannot wait for Fortnite to fall out of fashion. Please, something else take over for Fortnite. Any other genre, just, just, just become popular enough. That Fortnite falls out of the limelight. Please, I'm begging you. Anything. I don't even care if it's farming simulator. Just anything. Stop letting Fortnite be the only thing that gaming will ever talk about. Please. Let's move on. And Gadget is reporting that the company Essential has come out with a accessory. That will restore your headphone jack. For a hundred and fifty dollars. Oh boy. Essential, who develops the Essential phone, has come up with an adapter for their own phone that will magnetically attach to their own phone and restore the headphone jack that they themselves got rid of, and the adapter will cost a $150. 
for a magnetic lump that sits on the back of your phone to give you your headphone jack. Now, in fairness, the the device that connects does have its own amp and everything built into it, but $150. What? I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. There, there's a better way. There has to be a better way. But there we are. That happened. And that's also why more and more I'm looking at the OnePlus phone and going, hey, you're all right. <laughs> Google for its Project Fi cellular service is adding an always-on VPN. So there's that. So if you're a fan of the Project Fi service, which... I'm not going to lie, it's actually been a while since I've talked about Project Fi. I'm pretty sure that's a network of LTE connections and Wi-Fi connections for Google to create its own cellular network without actually deploying their own towers. And that's supposed to be much cheaper than your normal service. That's going to include an always-on VPN, so hey... That extra layer of security. There's also leaked images of a Pixel 3 Lite. A budget version of the Pixel 3, which is a pretty good phone, aside from the fact that it includes the world's biggest notch and removes the headphone jack. Thanks for that, by the way. But there's supposedly going to be a smaller budget version of Pixel 3 that does include a headphone jack! Oh my god! No way! And this actually comes from a fairly reliable source. One of which has successfully leaked the Pixel 3 phones before. And Gadget is also reporting that the Verizon app is is giving people the ability to put up to four extra numbers on a phone without the need of additional SIM cards. So as cool as dual SIM card phones are, this one, not needed. Interesting. And pretty cool. Though, as someone who's now using his cell phone, both for business and, you know, personal, I really am starting to understand why people get dual SIM card phones and kind of want one myself. Sharp is introducing the Aquos R2 cell phone, which is going backwards in the way of screen technology and introducing not one, but two obnoxious screen notches. (laughs) There's two sections of screen that are taken up! There's a small one at the very top, where the front-facing camera is showing, and when I say notch, I mean just that. A chunk of the screen, although the screen goes to the edge, is missing to make space for the camera. In addition, there is a chunk of the screen missing at the bottom where there is a home button slash a fingerprint reader. You you know, Sharp, why don't you just skip a few steps? Just put notches all around the device. Just, just, just put 
I don't know, enough notches that it creates this thing that the industry calls a bezel. A space of non-screen where people have safe places to hold the device without activating something on the screen. That would actually look better than what you've done here. Oh, seriously. Can the notch just die? I know I've been begging for this to happen for several months straight, but can the notch seriously just die? Once the notch dies, I can just be happy forever. <laughs> Why? All right, onto a different note. Samsung is reportedly making a flip phone that, when closed, is a small, normal smartphone with a touchscreen, but you flip it open and it behaves much like an old school flip phone, including a smartphone screen on the inside and, get this, physical buttons to dial with. I'm curious and afraid at the same time. I gotta ask, who wants this? The hipster in me kind of wants this just to be different. Take that, hipsters. The Dubai the Dubai police are starting to train on actual hover bikes. The Dubai police is also now terrifying me because they now have police armed with quadcopter hover bikes. I mean, first off, these hover bikes seem super dangerous because there's no propeller guards around. It's four propellers. And second... Oh God, the police are going to chase you down on a quadcopter hover bike with no blade guards. Wonderful. It's the last thing you need is, is some, is a cop just flying out of nowhere on one of these slices up your car with these unguarded propeller brakes and goes, and goes, Hey, you were going four miles over the speed limit. But you trashed my car! Alright, well, Dubai police can just stick to that, and I'm just not going to go to Dubai at all. That That is now off my list of places I'm willing to go to. Alright, let's move on to the last burb, the last story of the day, the strangest story of the day, which, believe it or not, was not Dubai police on hover bikes. It is, in fact, a Kickstarter for the PC Classic, a mini IBM-style computer that has HDMI, RCA connectors on the back, two USB ports on the front, and an SD card reader disguised as a miniature five and a quarter floppy disk drive for the sole purpose of playing old school PC games that would only run on certain versions of DOS. Can we just make it official now? The whole concept of miniature old school consoles 
that just run emulators. Let's just make it official. We have gone too far. This is too far. This is adorable. And the nostalgia PC user in me is amused by this. But, you know, between the $100 PS1 Classic, the Classic SNES, the Classic NES, both of which show no hopes of actually getting games that I actually want to play on them. Actually, they have some games I want to play, but not enough to justify what they do. And in fact, not even playing to the same quality as the old ones, and actually just running emulators that are free. You know, I'd, I'd say we're done. We're done. You, you, uh, The rest of the industry, you can stop making miniature classic consoles now. It's now over. The craze is over. I'm done shelling out money, even though I've never bought one ever. And I'm just going to say I'm done. I am actually done. Although, fun fact, um, I was at a store that actually sold the NES Classic. And they were selling it for like $70. Right next to that in the same case. They had a used NES system for $50. (laughs) I mean, granted, the used NES doesn't have any games. You got to go try and hunt those down. But, I mean, hey, there it is. I could just go do that instead of whatever the heck else I was going to do. So, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. I need to go erase most of this from my mind and need to figure out how to stop being angry at Apple. Please do feel free to check out my daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which you can find... Wherever you found this podcast, including places like iTunes, Google, and iHeartRadio. And also make sure to check out my Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon where we do all sorts of fun, fun video game streams. Take care. See you next time. And remember, kids, if you're having a bad day, just remember, one of the biggest companies in the world has declared that exploding phones 
is not expected behavior. Always remember that.